Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Mohanad is here. Hello. <laughs> Terrible sound? I don't know. And Bernie's here. Hello, I'm here with Mamba Mentality. What is that? Definition, please. So, (laughs) Kobe Bryant was called Black Mamba, and whenever Kobe was in the zone, you know, getting his goals accomplished, all that stuff that he's talked about, he called it Mamba Mentality. And Mohanad reminds me of Mamba Mentality. That's that's, that's (laughs) Right, when he was on that zone, cheating on his wife. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the snake-like behavior. Wasn't so wasn't it with like a sixteen-year-old, if I'm not mistaken? Oh God, no, 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 no. no. Am I making he that was... up? Yeah, yes, very much so. Okay. It doesn't change the fact that he was cheating. But... <laughs> yeah, it's still, there's levels. Represents the views of the Koshcast or any other <laughs> member of the Koshcast. <laughs> I'm just saying there there are levels. It's it makes a big difference. Yes. yes. All right. Uh, you know who had uh, Mamba mentality today? Big Diego. Diego Simeone, getting things done. Did he do the Cojones celebration at the end of this game? Not like, no, he ran ran down the tunnel and Man United fans inexplicably threw things at him. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, and in true United form, they missed. Mm -hmm. I actually, I think you might get fined for this. Like, it was close, though. There, There were a number of things aimed at Diego Simeone's head. I'm really not sure why. (laughs) <laughs> they're just fed up man they're taking it out on anyone they can find <laughs> oh man listen United lost there's not that much to say about it really you're just not a very good team despite the 3-2 win, win against Spurs um, which I felt was like a, a perfect encapsulation of, of what Thierry Henry said earlier in the season about Ronaldo being the poison and the medicine like summed it up perfectly um, but we do have we do have uh, we, sorry we, Alex I yeah. just wanted to say, I know you're going to get the questions, but that, that mm. whole like mentality thing, we did talk about Ronaldo over the weekend when he scored his hat-trick versus, versus Spurs. And I think Bernie Mini, you talked about how like he will have these moments yeah. and he will use them towards his brand. And we, we talk about this, but at the end of the day, I think we said over like 38 games or over a season, there's just not enough there to be on average 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 every game to kind of get United where they want to get. So what you get is you get a hat-trick versus Spurs, and again, Spurs bottle stuff, so whatever. And then you get 0 XG versus Athletic, right? Like, this is what you're going to get with Ronaldo at this age. It's going to be choppy. So can you really carry him when he's this choppy? I don't think so. So there, there, I agree with you 100%. The The... Ronaldo fanboys will say that he scored 18 goals this season, which is great, fine. He's going to do big numbers, I guess, who end up with 25 maybe, which is respectable for a 37-year-old. However, he's only scored two goals, sorry, in two games this calendar year. So to your point, it stretches. And I don't know if that's, if I, I know it's not good enough. It's just not. I'd rather have a person who plays well over the course of the season and scores 25 goals, brings people into play, all that good stuff, and then gets 25 goals, and is actually one of the main contributors to why we're bad. That's yeah, just- and, and I think the stats are used to just verify that Ronaldo is playing well individually. None of the stats are kind of being used to say, look, he's carrying United or anything like that. It's all about, look, he's this old, he scored this many goals, he's not the problem. But that's not how it works. It's almost just kind of using a personal stat to kind of cover why he might be useful, etc., to United, which I don't think that's how it works. I have a hot take. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
it's not one that I would have expected to uh, to come out with really until the last couple of months. I would rather have Alex Lacazette than Cristiano Ronaldo. It depends on the team. If the team I mean, is functioning well enough, so everybody's great except Lacazette, yes. <laughs> but if the team is Manchester United, I don't know if that works. No, but look, you, you want a striker who's going to be able to hold the ball up, link play, get the best out of your, your wingers who, who should be like your main, wide forwards rather, who should be your main source of attack and goals. Lacazette does that better at this point. Anyway, I mean, it's it's not it's a very that, serious proposition. I, I'm gonna but. I'm gonna ex- abstain from responding because it's Lacazette you brought up. Like, I, I'm not sure anything I say about this is I going think... to be useful, and it will be used against me. So I'm gonna not say anything. Bernie agrees with the premise. Just do not use Lacazette as the example. <laughs> Uh, fine. What other middling striker can I come up with? No. Anyway, we're, we're, we've got a couple of questions on United. We don't want to talk about United for too long, just because we usually do. Um, so let me get to the questions. Um, we've had a couple uh, along similar lines, so we'll start with that. Um, Chev Jelios at Toriaki on Twitter says, uh, what's up with Rashford? And Donyaya similarly says, is Rashford heading down Welbeck Avenue? So I'll, I'll say this. Welbeck Avenue is very, very, very far <laughs> below this in actual fact. The numbers that Rashford put up over the years, and not just this year and last year, over the last five years, are actually incredible for a 24-year-old. He got 20, 22 goals, 21 goals last season and 16 assists last season alone. I think that it seems to me that Rashford is the only player who's not allowed a season of bad form. Like... He's not Mbappe. He's not these other people. He's allowed one season of bad form. If it continues, then let's have a conversation. Then he'll be a, like whatever you want to say it is. But to put up almost 100 goals for United at 24 years old, I think people just need to relax a little bit and let him. Because this is a guy who was carrying a team with a bad shoulder and ankles for three years. I think it's okay to give him the benefit of the doubt for another year. Mo? Yeah, I... <laughs> I think I tend to agree with Bernie that like we've seen enough that there is a player there. Now kind of everybody decides how good that player is on their own. Fine. I think there is enough of a player in there. I think he is having a bad patch of form. I think a lot of United players could potentially be going through the same thing. You know, um, it, The question is now whether he can regain that form at United or does he need, quote unquote, saving, right? Like that's really what it's going to come down to. I think there's enough... Um, like there's enough of a player in there. I just don't know whether it's going to come out again for United or not. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think we're a year, maybe two away from knowing <laughs> whether Welbeck Avenue is beckoning. It's possible. Like, frankly, I think you know Rashford is a much better player in almost every respect. Um, apart from like that guy, oh, that oh, that's a much better nickname than Rashi or whatever Rashford's nickname is. <laughs> um, but. If, if he does go down that avenue, it will be because of injuries. Like, if he can't recover from, from the injuries, we know he's been playing hurt for a couple of years, then that might send him down Welbeck Avenue. But talent-wise, career-wise, I, I shouldn't think so. And we're certainly not there yet. Um, the second question is about the manager. So bo- both um, uh, Tose and uh, Donyaya say, um, well, what's the best option for manager at United? And should they just bring Ole back and go with the Vibes playbook again? Um, I think in funny, interestingly, if you look at the subs from Ralph today, these were the most vibesy subs I've ever seen. 
at oh, United yeah. since since Ferguson left. So, and also, I'm not convinced that Ralph has been able to implement whatever he wants to do. They don't press. There's no shape. There's no discipline in the way that they play. So, I think there's a lot of vibes with Ralph. That said, my choice would be Rooney because I want to have fun and like my team. No, that's not a logical conclusion in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> but it's the one that I would want, and I'm not even joking. I would do it. However, it has to be Ten Hag to me. I think Pochettino has a lot of baggage with the PSG thing. Uh, the way Tottenham ended, I would rather someone who... I want to see something new, something interesting. And Ten Hag is interesting and new and a little bit unknown. I'd rather that than Pochettino, which comes with a lot more pressure, a lot more baggage. Ronaldo's going to stay if it's Pochettino. <laughs> I, need, I need something new and interesting, and that's Ten Hag to me. I guess the question of like who it is, it also depends on how much time United are willing to give this person to build mm-hmm. something. You know, is it going to be you need to come in and do something this year or is it going to be you've got three years to put something together? Right. And I think which avenue they decide to go down will dictate the type of manager that they get. Okay. Can I just add quickly again to me, I'll say the same thing I said when Ole came in. I not particularly care about whether or not you make Champions League or not. What I'm concerned about is is there a viable plan long term to make the club sustainable and what does and does the manager fit into that plan? That's really what I care about. Are young players being developed? All these other things that we like. I don't want to see a 37-year-old striker come in, whether that be Zlatan or Ronaldo. I want to see what the plan is and can I get behind the plan, even if it means a year or two in the Europa, for example. I really personally, I've said this before on this podcast, I don't care about those other things as much as that because you've got mm-hmm. to feel attached to it. You just have to. Well, it's only been five mediocre years. What's another two, right? Right. I mean, yeah. you're joking, but that's, the, <laughs> that's exactly right, though. Like, you have to take a long-term perspective with these things. It's true. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Ten Hag seems, seems the most likely. But I, I would love to see Rooney. I think we all would. I mean, we've got Lampard and Gerrard already. You know, Phil Neville's managing in... And into Miami, he's not getting a Premier League job anytime soon. But like, let's get the band back together. Who else can we get in? I do Ashley it, Cole's bro. assistant, assistant with lamps. Uh, what's Rio Matt? What's, what, what's Upson doing? No, I, I want Rio nowhere near this thing. Rio claims to have gotten Ronaldo. I want and no one who had anything to do with that phone call or that conference call should be near my club. No, <laughs> <no>. Fair enough. <laughs> um, speaking of England teams, we were having a chat earlier. Um, and I wanted to, to reprise it. Um, just randomly earlier today, we were talking about what would the England team for the World Cup be if the World Cup was happening today? Uh, Mohaned, you, you have a, a lineup in mind. Yeah, I was going to go, um, I think, five, kind of a 5-2-3. Uh, yes. it, it's fluid, but kind of a 5-2-3. Um, I just think England are more solid with the five at the back. So like, And that way you can also play Trent. Um, in a back five. So I put Trent on a right wing back and then also trying to get James and Trent into the same team. So this way James plays center back. Like if it's tomorrow, I'd play James, White and Stones. And then at left back, this is the one where it's a bit like, you know, if Chilwell's not injured, maybe Shaw, maybe just on seniority. There's not a lot of really good options there. So really it doesn't really matter. Anyone can play there. And then you have Rice and Bellingham in uh, in the two holding positions because Rice is Rice and Bellingham is having a beast of a season just on individual form. Maybe, you know, Dortmund are having the best season, but he is. Um, and then up top, it would be Saka just on this kind of form with Kane. And then 
it's between Sterling and Foden. I'm going to go Sterling just because he produces for England. And you need something a bit different. Saka is like the cut-in kind of person. You don't want Saka and Foden both doing that. You also want a bit of a release, especially that Kane drops deeper. And kind of we know what he does now, kind of this part of his career. So I'd go Sterling on the uh, left-hand side there. Yeah, man. I have no changes whatsoever. Bernie? Um, Are you going to stick up for Hazard Magaza? Not really. Like he's been, he's had a bad season. I'm not not sticking up for him. I've stuck up for him when he's had good seasons and people made up stuff. But not this season, he's been horrible. Um, I will say Shaw to me is even in a up down season, Shaw has actually been one of the better of the bad players <laughs> at United, and he's got a decent amount of assists, so he's going to be able to service Harry Kane in this team. So that's not even a difficult one to me. That's that's a straight into the team. Where I have an issue is I, I'd rather play three in the middle. I think England play way too apprehensively, and they have enough attacking talent to actually not do that. I know some people say five at the back with Trent makes them more interesting. I don't, personally. I think try, try and control the midfield for once in your life. And you've got the players to do it now with Declan Rice being that mobile, albeit midfielder now that we've seen. Jude Bellingham being just Jude Bellingham as good as he is, and Henderson being a leader and a captain. You can be combative and dominate that, and then let Foden, Kane, and Sterling do their thing and attack. That's what I do. Interesting. I, I, I don't know that Henderson... Like I, I, Henderson's going to be there. I don't know that he starts. I, I would actually, like, when we're thinking about trying to get James and Trent into the team, because it is really difficult to leave either of them out. They're, they're just so talented. You could frankly put either of them in central midfield. And they'd be good. Can yeah, and I was, I was, <laughs> I, I was actually thinking of um, if we do go back four potentially, and we talked about this, and it caused a bit of a stir. Is if we do go back four, I would actually put James at left back over any of the left backs that England have. I know it's not his natural position, but I think he's good enough to play it. I think we've seen a lot of the advantages of having a fullback that can cut in onto their stronger foot. Um, just to kind of fit both of them. If he wants to go forward, they can even play James at left back. I think he'll be just fine. I mean, I don't see him doing worse than Shaw or Chilwell. If we're using the logic of are they playing well and credit in the bank for England like we did with Sterling, then it doesn't apply with James. Because, again, Luke Shaw has not been horrible. He's been average this season, but he's still an output player and creating a lot more chances than, than most left backs in the league to the point that Reese James is just not going to do that cutting onto that right foot. It's just not going to happen. So Shaw, to me, over James's left back is automatic. It's the Trent in midfield thing that I'm like, guys, I know we like Trent. I know it. But sometimes it's just not going to fit. So stop trying to force it. Just leave it hey, alone. Pick James or Trent. He was a right back. Um, a question for you, though, on the Shaw thing. You've both lived in the Gulf. Uh, the food is really good. Problem? <laughs> so, so in some in some parts of the world, it's it's the booze and the alcohol and going on on the late night. This World Cup is going to be the shawarmas. Is that what you're saying? The Luke shawarmas, yeah. <laughs> the lukewarm shawarmas. Yeah. Oh my God! What am I hearing? <laughs> it's a problem. Saying, yes, it's a big problem. <laughs> if I was Southgate, I'd you know prepare. Just prepare. Be prepared. That's all. Anyway, that's our cheeky little England team uh, for a World Cup that isn't happening for ages, but we we wanted to do that. If you have uh, thoughts, disagreements, let us know at under underscore the kosh. Um, 
just dodging back to the Champions League for a second. Benfica beat Ajax. Bernie, your boy Darwin Nunez uh, heading the uh, the winner in. We were talking about Ten Hag. That's a bit of a blow, isn't it? I, I would take Darwin Nunez and Ten Hag together as a package deal. Some way, somehow, both of them in the same summer. I would do that tomorrow, <laughs> especially if it means Ronaldo gets to sit on the bench or leave. Like, it just makes too much sense. Too much. Fair sense. enough. Apparently, Luis, it turns out Luis Suarez recommended Darwin Nunez to Barcelona, but Barcelona at the time were too skint to even outbid Benfica. Um, and so that's where he went. But, you know, they might, they well, might return for him. Bayern kind of worked out. I'm not sure they're going to miss Darren Nunes. <laughs> <laughs> Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, they are scoring four goals a game at the moment. It's, it's kind of intense. Yeah. Um, all right. Tomorrow in the Champions League, we've got Juventus against Villarreal. Um, and then we've got Lille against Chelsea. Chelsea, poor Chelsea. They've, they've arrived for that game. But God, it must have been so difficult, you know, with their away team budget now, getting the coach to Lille. They all had to put in money out of their 300k a week. <laughs> I think Havers was like, "I'll pay for a transport for half." I'm like, "Yeah, I know you can." <laughs> like, what you is literally that? wouldn't notice it. <laughs> First class, tra- like like on a plane, even, and he wouldn't notice it. <laughs> it's remarkable stuff. You guys saw the Middlesbrough stuff today? Yeah. I mean, it, it was very well put by their GM. Go on. Well, he, he just said something about, you know, uh, fine, uh, sports integrity and Chelsea do not belong in the same sentence. <laughs> oh, Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, just remarkable. Like, imagine asking Middlesbrough fans not to go to the game because you can't sell. It's not as if there weren't going to be any Chelsea fans. There just weren't gonna, wasn't going to be like the maximum allocation. It make it makes no sense at all, and like also, what else are you worried about? They're gonna make Russian chants at you? Like, sure, <laughs> like this is this is happening. <laughs> it's going to happen anywhere you want. It's going to happen. So I, I I don't get what they're trying to do here. It's ridiculous. I mean, if they weren't gonna get stick from the Borough fans before, they certainly fucking will now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's anyway, they will still smash Lille tomorrow. That's that. I have no. Uh, no lack of confidence about. Um, in the Premier League, they beat Newcastle. Last minute goal. Um, Mohamed, uh, talk. You're a technique consultant. Talk us about. Talk to us about Kai Havertz. It was a shame, obviously, for them to score in the last minute. But if they were going to score, you know, this is the way to do it. I think Jorginho. It starts with Jorginho's pass. He did a couple of passes with. I don't know someone on the left. Maybe the left back. Um, kind of looked up, really took his time, and then delivered the really good ball. And I think the thing that I really like about Havertz's goal is the fact that he had to do it with Dan Byrne kind of pulling at him. There was that kind of um, physicality to it. He wasn't completely open. He didn't have all the time in the world to kind of control it. He did it with Dan Byrne being there. Um, The pass completely taking him out. But the first touch was just so controlled. And I mean... It's just a shame for someone like Lukaku that Havertz has to score a goal like that. Because in a million years and a million tries and his entire family's life on the line, Lukaku would not be able to make that touch. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's a shame that it wasn't like some bungled goal. It was also like, this is what you cannot do. This is why Havertz is playing. 
not not only that, Havertz waited till Lukaku was on the pitch. He was like, let me yeah. give you a close-up view of what I'm about to do. And then there was a chance right after that where he did not square the ball. He's like, hell no. And he went for himself as well. Havertz has been just really good for the last couple of weeks, maybe month or so. And I don't think a lot of us saw this coming of him playing as a number nine. Um, again, the whole idea of like pure, pure strikers are dead, unfortunately, is like being cemented again and again in a lot of different clubs. Um, you know, you've got Liverpool playing without one right now. You've got Havertz starting for Chelsea. Arsenal play with the one that doesn't score goals. You know, United have Ronaldo, etc. Like yeah. Kane, Lewandowski, and Benzema are pretty much the last yeah. ones. You know, we saw Atleti today playing with um, Felix. Yeah, Felix. Like he, yeah, he wasn't playing as a striker in any form. Griezmann definitely wasn't. So, you know, it's interesting. But yeah, what a wonderful goal. The, the interesting part is that Chelsea kind of stumbled into this because they really wanted that traditional striker, which is why they paid all that money for Lukaku. And I was kind of wondering how if we could get through this Havertz discussion without mentioning Lukaku, and I realized that this is an impossible task. So we might as well <laughs> lean into it. Because yes, that like it was the it was so deliberate and the way he brought it down and immediately like hit it. You know what I mean? Like it was almost in one motion, no it wasn't the ball bounced, but it was so like obviously technically savvy, but so deliberate that oh, it was beautiful to see. And if you're going to win a game, like Mo said, that's that's the way to win a game properly. Absolutely, I, I do want to give props though to Newcastle. I was I was saying this to Mo the other day, but just like the turnaround, I know we we've seen it happening for weeks, but the extent of it is actually remarkable. Like to go from the team that they were in the first half of the season, you know, almost guaranteed relegation, horrendous form horrendous football and now they're giving Chelsea one of the hardest games Chelsea have had all season like that that's a massive turnaround and you think about the recruitment and yeah they were able to buy in January but some of these players you know Matt Target is decent he's not a world beater Chris Wood has scored one goal Gimaraes I think started his first game if it wasn't this one maybe the one before like he hasn't been you know a prominent feature of the side really Dan Byrne has been the one that's made the most difference week week in week out it's a remarkable turnaround like Eddie Howe deserves a lot of credit for what we're seeing especially when you in the context of this game a lot of people were like okay let's see what they they've had a decent run right and a lot of people were like let's see when they play harder teams and up until the Harvard school I didn't really think Chelsea were going to score because they were very very uh, committed, structured, which is I don't expect from an Eddie Howe team, to be very honest. So he's clearly mm-hmm. learned something in a short amount of time. <laughs> but also, they were robbed. Because to me, that Chalobut on... What's his name? Murphy? Was it? Yes, was it that's, a, that's a penalty any day of the week. Like, he's pulling, he's pulling his shirt. And he, I, firstly, he's pushing him. Fine. But he's pulling his shirt. He has a fistful of his shirt. I'm like, it's how crazy. isn't this a penalty? I don't, for the life of me, understand. It's not, I don't. It's not, it's not just theoretically a penalty any time uh, of the week or whatever. It's a penalty on a Saturday when Arsenal playing Manchester City and it's Shaka pulling down Bernardo Silva. Like, <laughs> it exists. It's not some theoretical movement. Like, it's like, how is that not given? And it's this idea of like, oh, it has to be an obvious mistake. It's well, obvious. when you pull someone, it's an obvious mistake. Like, I don't understand, like, does he need to hack his leg off for it to be an obvious mistake? This is clearly a penalty that was not given. I also think 
Havertz, that was a dark orange for me, that elbow mm. on Dan Burn. <laughs> and I get why he didn't give a red early in the game, etc. And it's burnt. But the commentator, for once, said something useful. He said, that other way around, the defender might get a red card. Oh, 100%. Havertz is on social media pictures with puppies and stuff. That's why he's not getting yellow. Yeah, like, and Dan Burn is like one of the Jonas brothers. Huh. <laughs> Dan Burn, you... If you look at him and you go, eh, I'll give you a red card. Any, any mistake you make, I'll give you a red card. You just I would him. just like to ask the listeners to let us know if any of them knew that Dan Byrne was missing his ring finger, I think, on his right hand. Because I just no. realized that this game, and then I Googled it, and it was true. Yeah. Did, okay, did you? I, so I Googled it and, and could only find so speculation. I didn't Google it and find like text that say, yes, Dan Byrne is missing a finger, but I found uh. a couple of other photos that looked <laughs> like it was missing again. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I speculated the other day that, that that's maybe where he got his name. Yes. I don't think so. But we'll never So if, on on Twitter, when you search Dan Byrne, it comes up with Dan Byrne finger. Like, it, it, <laughs> auto, it auto completes it with Dan Byrne finger. <laughs> it's a true, man. I'm telling you. he. I, I just, I've never seen him. Like, we watched Dan Byrne quite a bit because we just, for some reason, have an infatuation with him. But, like, yeah. he put his hand on his head after that goal, like, in, in sorrow. And it, there's no physical way for a finger to be between his hand and his face, you know, when oh, everything God. else was, you know what I mean? Anyways, it's uh, it was a pretty interesting moment. You think you know everything, and then bam. So yeah. uh, apparently he lost a finger at the age of 13 in a brutal accident. That's just the headline. I haven't read the article. To okay, find out what well, that's enough. Right? That's enough. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Very interesting. he's overcome adversity, and now he's a rock at the heart of Newcastle's defense. Newcastle uh, face Everton later this week, um, and uh, hopefully their run of good form continues uh, because well, Everton probably, are seriously uh... facing... Uh, seriously facing a relegation probably the last winnable in quotation game that everton have till the end of the season (laughs) honest to god their running is awful man yeah Yeah, frank frank is an asshole and he deserves this he said i could i don't know if it was after this one or the game before where he said everton were losing before i showed up maybe after this one I thought you were media trained. Like, how can you say that? <laughs> As if, like, oh, it's not my fault. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> he, nah, that's, it's the kind of thing someone says when they kind of suspect that this is not going to go well, and they're just trying to like maintain their reputation for afterwards. Like, I, I don't think he knows what the situ- what the solution is. I, I think he's played multiple systems in multiple games. Um, what was the stat, Mohamed? They, they've won three games since September, and I don't know if this is true or just Bance, but they've had four people have court appearances since then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, four court appearances, more court appearances than wins. Yeah. Uh, so we 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 reckon that's that's Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson uh, for allegedly pretty serious stuff. It's not allegedly, um, <laughs> and um, DCL. Is that right? DCL. Yeah, Calvin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for what? for just the driving thing and that was only like last week so someone on twitter i don't know how these people do this man like they went onto the registry for like the court of that day and they like found his name on it um and then i don't know what the other two are i think wasn't there something quite serious like back as well like wasn't it Hmm, can't remember but uh yeah i don't know what the other two are but yeah amazing stuff uh they did lose to wolves uh one nil um what's his name um ruben nevj 
is in phenomenal form, man. I, I know he was linked to both United and Arsenal, and I think we all said, nah, not really the one. But he's playing so well. He Well, they all stepped up recently. Um, they did struggle to score goals for... I mean, they stepped up, and then they had a bad patch in there a little bit before this game and a bit. Like, they, they lost to Arsenal and, uh, twice, and then... Yeah, but anyone, anyone could do that. Yeah, anyone twice. could do that. I mean, twice. Um, but yeah, Neves, Moutinho, um, I think also having the striker back, I think he was out for a little bit. What's his name? Um, Jimenez? Jimenez. Um, I think it's all kind of coming together. They were, they've been solid defensively. Jose Sal's having a good season. They are coming together, but I think even, even the little guys running around Podence and them are, are having a, a good runabout for a couple of games. Um, they just look the same, Podence and the other dude. What's the other dude? Another little uh, guy. Pedro Neto. Neto. No, 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 not Neto. Neto. Neto's a proper footballer. It's Podence and yeah, another yeah. little dude. Oh, Trincao? Yes, Trincao. <laughs> Even his name sounds like it. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, they're a good team, and and uh, Laj doing a very good job, I think. So, just Agreed. just just on on Everton because this is funny. Um, so they have a rough run, Alex, that you posted. However, mm-hmm. they have three games in hand on Watford, and. What I'm curious to know your thought opinion of is the is the run so bad that that three game advantage doesn't mean anything? Yeah, not when it's who Watford, games against who? Not when it's Watford though. Like when it's Watford, I think the three games in hand matter because like Watford are horrendous themselves too. I know they won the first away game in like forever this weekend. I can't remember who they beat. I think Southampton. Southampton are just giving points to people for the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, Watford won their first away game in, in God knows how long. Um, obviously, with Dennis doing nothing, thanks for that. But um, yeah, I think the problem is Alex is right. The games in hand don't matter if it's against people you're going to lose to anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the one thing that bothers me every time we talk about everything, and I love reveling in their kind of misery, is that the only game they've won in the last like 500 years is the one against Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> when Arsenal were like in their best batch of form as well. Like, how do we do this stuff? You know, like, it's so Arsenal, frustrating. Arsenal has to scare you a little bit. Just, just, just yeah, enough. Yeah. You know? yeah. But Everton play Watford in this run. That's mm-hmm. important. But also, they're coming up against Newcastle this weekend. Now, I am fully on board the Newcastle train. I need this win. I need it. Because if Everton win this game, I don't believe they're going to go down. I, th- yeah, I yeah. think at that, at that point, if they win this game, Watford isn't going to do anything. But if they lose this game, we're back on, baby. <laughs> back on. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Chris Wood versus Michael Keane is, uh, is a good one for Newcastle. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Also, like Watford, Watford's run-in's not the easiest, but they have some games that they can do stuff in. So they've got Everton at some point. That that game is was postponed. Um, they've got Liverpool and City, so presumably they'll lose at both of those. But they've got Leeds and Brentford, which are winnable games or at least drawable games. Mm-hmm. They've got Burnley. That's a massive game on April 30th. They've got Palace, who famously have nothing to play for when it comes to, to May. So, you know, they might be on the beach. Then they've got Leicester, same kind of position, and Chelsea on the last of the season. And Chelsea might be a legal entity or not at that point. So, you know. <laughs> Anything's possible. So, um, I mean, the definite thing is that Chelsea will play that game because it's local, so they could walk. walk. <laughs> they can get there. Yeah, they can definitely get there. So that one's happening. But, like, we had to walk. We had to start on Friday night, and we got there on Saturday morning. Yeah, everybody on Aspie's shoulders. 
if Chelsea like are already confirmed for the Champions League by then, I would love if they go like, you know what, we just don't. Want, the cost is too high. Like, we're just gonna forfeit this game. I would love it. <laughs> Chelsea, like I, we, we fancy a cheeky Calvert Lewin bid, so uh, we're gonna lose to Watford here. Basically, what is the point difference between Everton and Watford? Do we know, or am I asking tough questions? I think it's the same. Because what I'm saying is that what we're saying is that out of those five possible winnable-ish drawable games for Watford, they need to make up. Well, they need to. Assuming everything could lose every single game, they just need to get a point. (laughs) (laughs) So, can they get a point out of those five? I think they could. I reckon they can. Yeah. So, or or just lose less badly than Everton. And win on goal difference. You know, there's a yeah. lot of possibility for Watford. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. It's uh, it's all hey, possible. Dennis, and Leeds aren't out of it Really? Well, yeah, they got a few points, but you never know. Who? Four points Who? is a lot of points right now, mate. Four points gap is a lot. Right now. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I'll say for for Watford is that we we you know Hodgson came back and we thought, you know, we've seen everything that he's got before this is you know nothing nothing new here but he came back with glasses which he takes off as soon as the final whistle goes it's very sweet he's added a new element to his his management so hodson has already pulled off a great escape once i can't remember what club it was but you guys remember probably vaguely remember like like one of those if he does it again is he the greatest escape artist in premier league history so i know big sam had it for a bit but like I think that was exactly so, a little bit. I would say on like quantity, he's up there, but I just cannot get past the Leicester one. I just can't. Like from a quality <laughs> escape. Like that was it was done and done. dusted. I know like the fact that they won the, I can't even believe the sentence exists. The fact that they won the season <laughs> the, the season following does affect your rating a little bit of that escape too, you know what I mean? So what's his name that went and had an orgy in Malaysia? He he's in the conversation because that was big. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say it wasn't just that they did it, it was the method. It was yeah. how they turned it around. Team building trip. <laughs> Listen, mate, they tell you how much money it is to stay in the league, you'll do anything. Well Yeah. yeah. I mean the funny thing is it was all on the owner's dime too. Like hundred percent. What a yeah. fist take. They went over there, Ronaldinho was chilling, they met him, got some motivation, came back, won the league the season after. Brilliant released some videos onto the internet. Man. Anyway, speaking man. of Leicester, Arsenal, two, Leicester nil, easy. Easy, man. Thomas Just... Party near post flicked header at the, at the beginning of the game. And honestly, from that moment on, it like it was just comfortable, as it has been every week for the last few weeks. Are you, are you used to it yet, Mo? I am loving it. I am enjoying it. We're beating Liverpool tomorrow. It's all coming together. <laughs> um, Odegaard is unbelievable. Like, you know how it, it takes a lot for me to praise a player this much. But my God, the stuff he's doing on the ball, the confidence he has right now, the, the way he opens up defenses, the right decisions every single time that link up with Saka, the link up with Party. Party, we laughed. We laughed, but he is holding a midfield on his own right now. He's playing pivot on his own. No Shaka next to him. Nobody else next to him. He is absolutely dominating teams. Listen, <laughs> we'll take this run of form. It's coming at the right time. We have to make top four now. We just have to. I mean, United and Spurs, no. It just has to be our time. 
the funniest part about that statement was you said no Jaka next to him as if he's not playing, even though he is. Yeah. <laughs> I just Jaka right now is playing like number ten. You don't understand. Yeah, we, we've covered this. Arteta finally realized that the best thing to do with Jaka is get him the fuck away from our goal. <laughs> Oh, hundred percent. Let let him do his mistakes up top on the edge of the other box, not where Party is right now, for sure. But it, but it's going to his head. At one point during this game, he picked up the ball in midfield. He, he had like five passing options, and any other day of the week, he'd have, he'd have, you know done the simple thing, and he charged forward like a maniac and smashed a shot over the bar. It's like get back in your lane, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it was... Saka is killing it. Saka's playing such like it's the little things too. It's like the things you notice not from the results or the scores or whatever. It's the things when you watch the ninety minutes that Saka's doing right now. The turning on a dime, the taking on players, the strength that he has. He's quite a strong boy for like kind of what you might expect when you look at him. He is powerful. He's doing his thing. We have a Arteta is giving us really good balance. We are protecting Cedric. Like we're doing a lot of very exciting things tactically. I think Alex and we don't need to get into details, but you know, you know what I mean. And Arsenal fans will know exactly mm-hmm. what we're talking about, just from a tactical perspective, with the Arteta at number eight, with the Odegaard Saka, and the protecting Cedric and keeping Tierney back, who used to be the more attacking fullback, etc., etc., etc. Like there's just a lot of really good coaching happening in this team. Just I'll, yeah. a couple of things I wanted to praise you guys on, and for, well, first before I go into there, just because you need to replace Lacazette, please do not do the stupid thing and go buy. Ronaldo, like, go crazy and then ruin a good thing that you have going on. Please do not do that. We are a warning for you. Don't do that. <laughs> Secondly, um, I just like that there was someone sat down in the beginning of the season and said, all right, where did we fuck up before and how can we fix this? And where can we actually improve and optimize this team? For example, Ramsdale. We laughed at it. And I know we said this on the pod many times, but someone looked at Ramsdale and said, what does Leno not do? And we have to get rid of him anyway. But if we're going to get rid of him, what does he not do that we can upgrade on? At least, like, not, uh, what's the word I mean? Like, uh, assets, like physical, like, um, character traits, player traits-wise. Like, what does he, distribution, this, this, all these other things that Leonard just does not do, that Ramsdale does. And went, yes, let's do that. Center back, they were like, <laughs> David Luiz, that was a joke. Okay, what do we need? What do we, how do we want to play? Get the guy who plays the way we want to play. And I was like, this just, is how you build a football club. Sustain it, and things can happen. But this is what you're supposed to do. Honestly, honestly, those eight signings or whatever they did in the summer, that was a little bit of a soccer version of Moneyball. Unknown, relatively unknown. Ben White, whatever, play center back for Brighton. Potentially not even the one that stood out last season, just from a very neutral perspective. He had whoever next to him that had a dunk or whatever that everyone <laughs> wanted. Duncan, right? yeah. Ramsdale was one, in everyone's eyes, one of the worst keepers in the league. And we said at the end of last season, he's the worst keeper in the league. It just seemed that way. You look at someone like Tomiyasu. Never heard of him. Who the hell is Tomiyasu? You know, you look at like, nobody wanted Odegaard. Real Madrid didn't want Odegaard. We got him for $35 million. That is going to be an absolute steal by the time he's done with Arsenal. Like, There's just so many little things that they did, you know, Subs, Nuno Tavares, great backup. Like, you've just got stuff that they did that, like, we couldn't have predicted. It wasn't the obvious stuff, and it just shows that they did put some work. It doesn't always work out, but they also, Bernie, to your point about, like, what works and what didn't work, whether I agree or not, they looked at it and went, okay, I'm going to remove all the problematic characters. Gwenduzi, great player, but I can't, I cannot do what I want to do with that kind of character. Obamia, great player, I cannot do what I want to do with that character. Ozil, similarly, blah, 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 blah. Still have Saliba to come back from loan, one of the 
best young defenders in, in the French league this season. So or or sell him. It's fine. Sure. Like sure. it's fine. Totally if you sell him for like thirty million, get go somewhere else, and then you're confident in what you have with Gabriel. Like potentially, right? I'm saying you might be comfortable what you have with Gabriel and Ben White that you don't want to disrupt it. I don't think that's a bad decision to be made with Saliba. Yeah, but again, there is something within kind of the Arsenal discussion is that if we make it into the Champions League or Europe, I mean, we'll make Europe in some form, the squad depth is going to matter now because we're playing just the league, just the league, just the league, forget the, the cups. So we will need a little bit of depth. And that's going to be, I think, we're going to have to upgrade in two main positions in the summer. The Lacazette, the striker, and an upgrade on Chaka at that number eight, a player that does more box to box, that is more efficient at what he does than Chaka does. And then just fill with a couple of squad players um, to kind of play those European games. Yeah, that, that that's the tricky thing. That's the balancing act because they did really well to clear the decks and get rid of, of players that either were problematic or just weren't going to play, like Callum Chambers, that kind of thing. Um, and they were able to do that because of the the relatively few fixtures this season. So it's a tight knit squad. It's a core group of players. It all works really well. But yeah, you get back into the Europa League, the Champions League. You're going to need a lot, potentially like quite a few more players to to make sure that you know these guys don't get completely exhausted. A lot of them are young players. Um, and so how do you? So then you have to do the trick again, right? You have to get squad players who are good enough but are okay with with being back up and coming in and knowing that so it's it's a tough it's a tough summer but but you know they've started that that project in verticomers really really well can, yeah can we and i about... think also go ahead oh, no, no i was gonna ask about lester but make your point no i was just gonna say that like when we talk about squad players as well like someone like cedric right maybe what three months ago as not a single arsenal fan could even you know, take the, the the name of Cedric being said out loud in any conversation. But when you start to have a team that works well together, that can carry one weak link, maybe two weak links, it starts to click. You know, can Cedric now do a role as a, as a backup right back next season? It's looking better, right? Again, because the team as a unit is looking better. So I'm hoping that a couple of these players that seemed clearly going out the door that were not going to be good enough can maybe be backup players. You know, can Lacazette get a, get a, get a one-year extension? You know, but obviously not on 200k a week, potentially, right? To cover up on it, you know, can Belligan come back from Middlesbrough on loan and kind of do something? There's a lot there's, there's a lot of things going on that it's going to be an exciting summer, especially if we do make top four. I, I think uh, I think you, they kind of have to give Lacazette a contract now. <laughs> I don't know if he'll take it. He might get a better offer somewhere else, given it's, it's probably the last one. But you're going into Europa League or Champions League. Um, Inketia is... A, not very good, and B, leaving. Um, you don't want to have to buy two strikers and you don't want to get rid of all the experience in the squad whatsoever. And he's, you know, from what we understand, a very likable and popular guy around the around the dressing room. So I kind of think um, he's he's won himself a new deal there, but we will we will see. Uh, that's enough about Arsenal. Bernie, you had a point about Leicester. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, we asked the question about Brendan Rodgers and whether or not there's enough credit in the bank there and I, at that time I said yes he won the FA Cup even if they finished 11th or whatever I'm just wondering looking at them because I've been watching them a bit closely recently and I'm wondering to myself has it really like is he even capable of doing anything useful next season like what what is the objective and can he fulfill whatever the objective is next season as for example Arsenal are on the up let's say United are probably going to change and be on the up. Spurs with Conte going to be on the up again. 
it's going to be more competitive next season. What do they have to gain, and should they do something about it? Or is it there's nothing to gain, so you can't lose, so just stick with them? They've been getting better over the last couple of weeks, definitely, from kind of where they were a month or so ago. But you're right, Bernie, it's tough. Like, I think it's unfair to to think that they should be in the top four, not in this competitive league. You've got six other teams that deserve to be there just on, on wage bill and on spending and on blah, 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 all that good stuff. So I don't think they should be top six. I think they should be kind of pushing for seven. What's Europa, seven? Is that the, the, the final spot for Europa? The last, yeah, it's the last year, right. I think. Yeah, right? Eighth is conference. Europa, no? Europa is five and six, and then Europa conference whatnot is seven. Yeah, so I would say like they should be fighting for those European spots, that five, six. The thing is, trying to get him into the top six is also unfair. It's just, well, you know, well, then you, well, you start to have like West Ham and Wolves. and like it, So are, should West Ham be better than Leicester is the question. I'm not. I'm yes. not sure. Well, it's it's ups and downs, right? But West Ham are a bigger club, bigger stadium, bigger fan, like bigger well, spending. Let's more money, though. Let, 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 more let money me put though. it. Let me let me put it this way: with wage bill and and position in the table, usually go pretty much hand in hand, right? Let me read you the the top nine or ten. So you have got United at the top, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Arsenal fifth, Everton. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham 7th, Tottenham 8th, Leicester 9th, and Crystal Palace 10th. And there's very little difference between Crystal Palace and Leicester. So if they're finishing 5th, 6th, 7th, they're overachieving, frankly. Um, they, they've got a good squad. They're relying on, on good recruitment. They need to do that again this summer. They need to, to get a couple of good players because Tielemans is going to go. Um, they desperately need defenders. Fofana's back and signed a new deal, which is, which is a good sign for them. Because um, otherwise, I think you know he would have been snapped up. Um, but I, I don't know that they can expect any more from Rodgers. And also, if you sack Brendan Rodgers, like who are Leicester appointing? I, I've said before that I think at some point Roberto Mancini will manage them because he used to play for them and there are links there and blah blah blah. But like in the short term, who are you replacing Brendan Rodgers with if you're Leicester? I I I, I, I just want to say this: if you look at transfer activity over the last five years, right? Leicester are tenth. Or so, and West Ham are our second bottom. Like I get the wage bill thing, but Leicester actually have been trying to be a big team by spending, like compared to to West Ham. And if you look at the players they have, Vardy is old, sure, fine. But Pasandaka, Ihenacho, Ndidi, uh, Madison, um, Tillemans. So Inchu's trash. So I'm not going to say anything about that. But <laughs> like the the players that Leicester have, player for player, compared to West Ham, they are at least bigger names, if not better. So can I make a quick quick counterpoint, and, sure. and then I'll let, I'll, I'm gonna let you finish. Um, <laughs> Leicester, Leicester have had in the last few years big players to sell. West Ham have had no one to sell. I mean, eventually they'll sell Declan Rice for 100 million, uh, but other than that, they've had no one to sell. Leicester have sold Maguire. Um, who was it before that? Um, they sold uh, Mahrez, Mahrez, Kante. Kante. Like they they've made a lot of money in transfers, so they've had that money to spend. That's all. From players that they made, right? From that they built, that cost them next to nothing. That's that's yeah. not their fault. I don't know. I know. I see your point. I see your point. I just think they should be. I think they're underachieving massively. And is that going to change? Maybe not. Who do you appoint though? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's a whole different question altogether. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a logical discussion about my agenda without coming out with an agenda. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of agendas, uh, West Ham beat Aston Villa 2-1. Um, Mohamed, uh, defend Steven Gerrard. 
Uh, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> is that a segment on the pod now? I think it's a pod segment, isn't it? Um, no, I was going to say that, you know how I group things. And in my mind, this game was kind of one of those like group, like two teams that are, I know West Ham are obviously on a different trajectory in terms of, you know, Moyes has been doing this for a couple of seasons and blah, blah, blah. But like in terms of the quality of the of a starting 11 and stuff, they to me, they seem similar. Um, they seem like they should be achieving similar things. Um, so I was excited about this game in terms of like seeing how they um, they line up against each other. Um, and it was a good game at the end. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I think West Ham are further ahead mm-hmm. in their building of this team. Um, and I think Gerard could take them somewhere similar. As long as he gets rid of Tyrone Mings. That, that, that. But also, like, I just like the football they're playing now with Coutinho there. Like, they're watchable. They're very watchable. Buendia, Coutinho, uh, Ramsey, they are very watchable right now. Ramsey, I really like. If if you are Aston Villa, do you spend? Do you sign Coutinho for forty million at, at the end of the season? No. Yes, because it's a name. <laughs> well, it's a name. It's a, like there's also that side of it. There's a the marketing. There's the fans. There's that. Like you're not going to get a bigger name in world football than Coutinho right now going to Aston Villa. You're just not. But why this? But that's the whole problem, right? Like he's a name. Sure, he's twenty nine years old, going to be thirty. Do you spend forty million pounds on a forty-year-old who's probably going to regress and just do you a Janela? Uh, okay, well, like, fine. I don't well, think that's a good use of money. But I the think alternative is, is the alternative is four ten million players that do nothing but give you six out of ten every or, week. Like who cares? Like I would rather get a Coutinho that does a nine out of ten, you know, once every three games than like buy you know three call it three. Uh, 15 million players who are like, you know, whatever, okay. But like, where's the excitement? Why am I going to watch this team? If you want to be, I'm still going to end up mid table. Who cares? Like, what am I getting? I'm not getting into into Europe. Like, might as well like have some fun. Well, if you want, if you say that they're going to become like, there's potential to become like West Ham, then do West Ham things <laughs> and don't do that. Like, that's what got, that's what gets teams in trouble. A big guy comes in, he does a bunch of shit for a half a half a year or whatever. Everyone goes wild. He signs and then he's shit. Like, don't Aston Villa should stay away from that as much as they can, in my opinion. Go spend forty million on someone who's young and upcoming and can take you down the line further. Well, they already bought him. They got Buendia. It just hasn't really clicked yet. <laughs> yeah, Although, to well, be fair, he was starting to, and then they got Coutinho. Coach him. You're a manager, right? Coach him. Outrageous suggestion. Yeah. Managers don't coach anybody. They just buy players. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, and then walk. <laughs> walk, like, walk like big men. <laughs> Speaking of two people who do do uh, a lot of coaching, well, one of them definitely does, and the other one at least does a lot of like psychological work. Liverpool 2, Brighton 0. Um, Brighton are on a really bad run of form. Um, I'll get, I want to talk more about that in a second, but yeah, this was fairly easy for Liverpool. Salah penalty, Diaz goal, rolling along. And given City drew with Crystal Palace 0-0, only four points between them now. And Liverpool have a have the Arsenal game in hand, and they play City. So, aren't Liverpool? What is it now? Wait, wait. Let me just get this right. Yeah. So Liverpool are basically it's in their hands for sure right now. Oh, Monet, uh, I, I misunderstood better, your. And they have the better goal difference. That was so funny because I misunderstood what you said. Because when you said they have the Arsenal game in hand. I forgot that you meant. I didn't realize that you meant it's the literal game in hand, as opposed to like they're just oh. going to win the game. Oh no. no. <laughs> 
no. There is a chance we get a draw out of this and it's back to three points. But like, it is in Liverpool's hands right now. Um, there's obviously a Champions League to contend with. City also obviously have that. But um, Salah, you know, I think he's back in training, but he did exit the game in the 64th minute. Um, thankfully, four minutes um, more than the 60th, so we can get a point in FPL, which is fantastic. Thanks, Klopp, for that. Um, but I think I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think maybe even goal difference, which would be super exciting. Um, they play each other again in like end of April or Something so. Like Something like that. So uh, not exactly kind of the final, final week showdown, but it could be exciting. Um, it'll also matter kind of how the Champions League derails them a little bit. Because I think if we're going to pick one weakness of Pep's, I just think he gets rotation wrong. <laughs> and a lot of times it doesn't matter when you scrape it away, but I just think... You know, he's, I think he's played the exact same team for a lot of minutes in a row right now. And that kind of showed against Palace. I think he gets his rotation wrong either by going, he just doesn't balance. He goes super weak in one of the games and he'll, you know, he'll crash out of the Champions League um, or something. So I just feel like Klopp gets that rotation much better, even though his supporting cast is worse than City's. If that makes sense. He didn't make a sub in the game. Yeah. Yeah, he said he said they were playing well, they were creating chances, so he didn't want to he didn't want to mess with it against Palace. Interesting. To be fair, that Palace game was all just about Mahrez's control from the long balls. My God, one after the other after the other, it was just sublime. Like the commentator was dying, mate. The commentator was like, "This cannot keep happening." Like it was just Mars was just like staring Mitchell in the eye as he was controlling the ball. Like you know, it was just disrespectful how how good he was his technique that game. But um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be a bit more clear once the Arsenal hurdle is passed for Liverpool and we're a little kind of where they are. Because um, Arsenal are in good enough form to cause them some problems. So we'll see kind of where they are. And, and hopefully that game in end of April is a showdown. Because I think the best games in the Premier League over the last couple of years have definitely been the Liverpool-Chelsea ones. No, sorry, the Liverpool-City ones. Oh yeah, they've been amazing. Um, just finally on Brighton. So they have... They're hosting Tottenham tomorrow... And in terms of trying to predict this game, so you've got Brighton five five losses in a row, or at least five games without a win. And then you've got Tottenham, who win-lose, win-lose lately, but have also got the thing where they only win if they've had more than five days of rest and preparation. So it's really difficult to call, but on balance, I think I'm going to predict a Brighton point, at least. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think... To Tottenham are coming to town, basically. I think Tottenham have started to play well recently. I, I, if I recall, if my memory shows me well, I don't think they deserve to lose versus United. They didn't, no. Yeah, I don't think they did. Um, they've played well the game right before. They beat, I know the one before that they lost, but then they beat City the game before that. So, like, it's there. It's slowly coming together. Kulisevsky and Bentacore are filling a lot of the gaps. Um, Kulisevsky especially Kulisevsky especially but, yeah. up and down but Kulisevsky looks very very good Kulisevsky as well because he's a bit more attacking you can you can really see it a bit more Bentacor at least is covering some ground there next to Hoiberg as opposed to like a Winx or whatever that I've never been convinced by so I think they're slowly gelling as a team um, and I you know they should be Brighton they really should Will Brighton finally sign a striker this summer? No. I mean it's been years. They're just taking the piss at this point. Actually, they no. will, and it will be in Ketia. 
<laughs> which won't make won't move the dial at all. Anyway, uh, last few things to to rattle through. Um, Frank Kessie is signed for Barcelona. Bernie, um, you are impressed by the or how far Barcelona under Xavi are straying from the Cruyff model? Are you not? I'm I'm very impressed. I I was done with the Cruyff model a couple of years ago. I wanted, I wanted I found them extremely boring. I wanted to see them do something different. They did. I didn't think they would do anything this different. I mean, Aubameyang and uh, uh, Traore and of course Dembele with the vibes. And then you you throw in Cassie into this. This is going to be the most vibesy team you'll ever see. They will party so hard. But this is the only thing I'm wondering if it's sustainable because these guys love to have a good time. Like, can, can, those, those can we guys say what we similar. mean? Can we say well, they're going to go to the we, club and they're going to play FIFA all night and like go to the club, especially Aubameyang, especially Aubameyang. <laughs> I thought Xavi was going to be more racist than this. I was going to say this. This is a bit Arsene Wenger, like 2002, <laughs> where, you know, you, you thought Xavi was going to come in and be Arsene Wenger in 2008 where it's like all the number 10s in the world. But he surprised us. And he went, Arsene yeah. Wenger, 2002. Pace, power, directness. It's like, all right, I did not see that coming. Maybe you're just realistic. Maybe it's like, this is what we need right now. What happened um, to you at Al Saad, man? Like, what? <laughs> it was just so hot over there, you know? Um, but yeah, like, it's interesting to see. that. And, and here's a question. I'm actually genuinely asking, how can they sign Kessie right now? Like in March, what's what's going on? Well, they're they're agreeing the contract for oh, June. Okay, July and I I think he's a brilliant player. I think he plays very well for Milan. I think he played very well in the was he in the African Nations? I feel like I saw him play, and he yeah, played yeah, very well. Yeah. So I like him as a player in general. He burst through the scene what a couple of years ago only. That's kind of when he got on my radar. And I, every time I watch Milan, I think he's their best player. He's impressive. So um, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a smart signing. Aubameyang so far has been a good signing. I just don't know how long it'll last. But he's. Do- I think he's being practical. I think Xavi's being practical. If they come second in the league again this season and push Madrid a little bit, then you know what? Job well done. Alex, accumulating a lot of black players does not necessarily <laughs> say that you're not racist. There's a world where you can think about this in actual fact as more racist. I'm not saying that is. I'm just playing devil's uh, advocate that's for, the sake, that's for the sake of it. Now, but, but to put that to the test, Bernie, just so you know, uh-huh. with Haaland joining next season, City are 100% white. I'm just saying. He's very blinding. So. Mares is, mm. Mares is you know, borderline. But like Sterling is zoned out. Oh, I mean, Foden's in now. Haaland is in. Mendy was unfortunate. Main, well, Mendy's, Mendy was out yeah. of his hands. Yaya may have been right. He, 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 may, he may have had a point. I'm just saying. Um, oh, there was, there was a question I had for you. Okay, this is a hot take and it might be um, oh, hotter than this one? <laughs> no, this is pretty hot. This is pretty hot. This, 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 that, that was pretty hot. This is a hot take, and I think maybe my memory is, is wrong. So I'm gonna, I'm, it's specific for you guys. Frank Kessie signing for Barcelona reminds me of Alex Song signing for Barcelona. In that Alex Song at that time was very, very good, no? Or am I dreaming? He was. Of? Very good. He was one of the best in the Premier League. He was great. Yeah. Like, I, I thought he was phenomenal. I'm yep. not convinced that like <laughs> it was the right move what? to go to Barcelona necessarily and I feel a little bit of this I, I want that, that hot take well, the problem is, 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 the, pro- 
the problem is Barcelona didn't also sign Robin van Persie. Like that was the problem. Like when he signed Song <laughs> at the time, he also needed to sign Van Persie because Song was only good when he was passing it to Van Persie. Yeah, he needed to sign the one guy that he passes the ball to. You remember the video where Song thought that Carlos Puyol turned to him to, to ask him to lift the trophy, not cancer surviving at Vidal. Like, uh, you know, I hate cringe videos, but I watched that one over and over and over. And it was, you, oh man. Do you think when the, the PSG feminine stuff came out, Alex Song like took to social media and was like, see, they should have given it to me. Abidal was a prick. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, that video is cringe. But Bernie, I don't think Kessie... I think just from watching, because I think he's got enough about him to make it happen. I also, what? Yeah, I, I would agree. And also, what I would say is that Alex Song joined like one of the best Barcelona teams in history, whereas Kessi is joining mm-hmm. this rebuild. It's a different stage. It's a different thing. Um, what I will be very interested in is because on the surface, a midfield three of like Pedri, Frankie De Jong, and and Frank Kessi sounds amazing. Um, but I'm not sure whether this is someone they're buying to play with Frankie De Jong or whether Frankie De Jong is one of the guys that they're going to sell to raise money. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't see those three meshing in any way, shape, or form. I don't know why. It doesn't sound right to me. I don't I don't get it. Like <laughs> Again, I like Kessie. I just, I'm not sure that combination. But then Javi has done things that I went, that's a good player, but this combination doesn't make sense to me, and it's worked. Right. So whatever. Exactly. Let's see what happens. The question is, is that playlist going to bang? Because... The Spotify playlist? Yeah. Is that playlist going to bang? I don't know. But yeah. they're getting some money. Spotify is going to be on the shirt. Spotify, It's going to be the Spotify Camp Nou. Which is not... It doesn't... It, the ring... It's not a bad ring to it. Spotify Camp Nou. Like, it's easy enough. Like, you know, it's not... Yeah. You know, it's not completely changing I'm, it. I'm going to tell you um, what's going to happen. You're going to have Xavi playing a lot of Afrobeat, and he's going to have a kente hat, and he's going to eat jollof as a way to say, look at me. I am not racist. These are my boys, and I'm eating Gary and, and, and soup like the way you guys do. That's what you're going to see. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and then, and then when, it, when it goes wrong, he's going to boot Aubameyang out the team, and it will be tapas back on the menu. <laughs> the question is, what is he going to do with Dembele? Dembele's turning the booze into cheers. Are they gonna roll the dice again on this guy, or is and and if not, who would buy him? You know, is this a PSG Neymar replacement kind of thing? Potentially, I I think they're crazy enough to do it. But you know, PSG are apparently having a huge clear out. Leonardo, Neymar, potentially Al Khalifi might even go there, saying like he might not even be in charge of that project anymore. Like, I just the whole thing is the stadium is gone. Like everything is just gone. So I I don't know. They're gonna move to a different city. Honestly, I just don't know what they'll do with Dembele, and I can see him kind of being the the name replacement at PSG potentially. If it's not Salah, I hate the fact that Dembele is playing well, and the reason I hate it is because some idiot like PSG, as you as you mentioned, are going to go like, "He's been great," and no one will remember that this is the best he's played in five years <laughs> and the longest stretch of good form he's had in however long he's been there and make the mistake of signing him, giving him a huge contract, and then he gets injured for the next five years again. This is, I, I the guarantee it, write it down, mark your calendar. I said it today. This is what's going to happen. And it's not even a big stretch, is it? <laughs> it's not a big stretch. I, I think he's worth, I think he's, he's shown that he's worth taking gamble on as long as you're not spending ridiculous money. Like, 
the injury record is too bad to plunk down 200 grand a week. But if you can get him on, on like a, a, a bonus heavy deal where the base salary isn't too bad and you're not going to be forking out a complete fortune, I think he's absolutely... Because he's 22. Alex, like he's I think, afraid. Is, is I think what, maybe a bit older. He, I think he's older than that now. But I think what you're forgetting is that 200 grand a week is on the low end than the PSG scale. Yeah. So Draxler is on that, which is why they exactly. get to leave. Exactly. If, if if Dembele comes in to make like 80k, I think that's like what office staff make. So <laughs> 200 is like minimum to be on the low end of that wage bill. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's turning 24 in a month or two. Oh, I'm sorry, 25. Him, sorry. Like, he's turning 25. Like okay. But he's been injured for seven years. Remember, he joined at like 18 or whatever the hell. Like, I just don't think. And he's already on more than 200k right now. So he's gonna ask for more. Is it is it worth it at that point? Well, he asked Barcelona for more. The audacity, the absolute <laughs> audacity. And they said, "No, you need to find yourself a new club." And he said, "No, I'm gonna be your best player for the next six months." Fuck you. It's a good Which point. Which is he's on 250k euros a week. What's that in pounds? A bit. A bit uh, less. A bit less. Two ten. Yeah, so he's on 200, 210 right Brexit now. Means, yeah. Brexit means Brexit means <laughs> Brexit. Um, How much is Salah like, on right now? Exactly. <laughs> 200 something and he wants 400 something and Liverpool are not giving it to him. Nah, man. Then Billy's not going anywhere for PSG. <laughs> Wait, did Klopp sign Dembele at Dortmund? I think Because so. if Salah leaves... No. That's your boy. That's Please your no. boy. Little switchy switch. That's your boy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what else is on the list? Yeah, I, th- I think, I don't know. I You just also don't want to sign a player that only plays well at the end of a contract, you know, to get a move. You don't want to sign an Adebayor. You, you, mm. you want someone who wants to play from day one, and I don't know if Dembele is that guy. Especially with, like, I feel Paris, especially for Dembele, has a lot more distractions than Barcelona. It's a very distracting a lot place. More. Especially if Neymar's there. Good God. <laughs> you don't want him taking him under his wing. <laughs> and flying into Brazil for his girlfriend's for his sister's birthday. M- M- Messi would be like, I escaped this guy, he's here? Fuck <laughs> The band Man. is back together. Neymar yeah. Dembele, Bell and Messi. Where's Suarez at? <laughs> hey, Suarez is leaving Atleti on a free in the summer. They could well, they not, could do the whole playing. thing. He's probably going to the US, isn't he? I mean Phil Neville's on the phone, but I don't think he's gonna convince him. Phil take Neville's a bite on the on Big Apple. Phil Neville's on the beach doing what he's doing. <laughs> That's job security if I ever if I ever knew it. <laughs> Apparently. What he said something recently, what was it? It was like we just need to stop conceding goals. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me. I mean, is it wrong? Is it wrong? <laughs> he's an inspirational figure. Yeah, it's um, not wrong. We we are a minute and six in, and that is probably too many minutes. So let's an let's hour up here. What? What is it? How do you, a minute? An hour? Sorry. Yeah, an hour. Um. So let me wrap it up with this question. Um, it, it's a serious one though. Um, so get your thinking caps on though. Um, Cam says, I'm downloading football matches to show my players in Malawi for educational purposes. Um, do you guys know a game that you would recommend that taught you something about football? It can be from any year, league, or team. Wow. You did not prep us on this one. Oh, that's I a just good expect one. you to check the messages I like. You're true. You're right. Oh. I saw the, the first top? sentence of it when it came in as a notification. 
Uh, uh, that's a very good I, question. I, I, I'll buy you some time. I'll buy you some time. I, I, I actually don't have. A, I couldn't think of a specific game either. But Cam, what I would say is find a game where. Okay, I, I was reminded of it by by the um, Man United Spurs game on the weekend, where each team, once they like, as soon as they started to attack and actually take some initiative. They scored a goal. And then as soon as they scored a goal, they both just like dropped off and waited for the game to happen to them. And both teams, if they'd have spent more time actually taking the initiative, pressing, attacking, dominating possession, could have won the game comfortably. Um, and so for me, if I, you know, if I were coaching, I would want to teach my team to, you know, take the initiative, try to dominate games um, wherever possible and score goals early because we've seen in the Premier League, if you score first, you have like an 80-something percent chance of not losing the game. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go after the first goal. So I would recommend a game like that to prove that kind of Here, Here's two runs that I would recommend. Inter Milan under Mourinho in the Champions League. Okay, Barcelona. And, and Arsenal under Arsene Wenger in 2006, also in the Champions League. I would recommend those two runs. Without getting into specifics, I just feel like there's a lot of tactics in those runs. There was a lot of underdog stuff, playing differently versus different teams. I think those two runs are worth a look at. For me, I would go and and sort of as a... I would go with Chelsea against City in the Champions League final last year, mainly because it proved two things. One, every th- the, if you... Watch Manchester City, who are the most possession team based in the world, who do triangles and all this complicated shit, that you can actually beat an extremely complicated team with the simplest tactics, which Wolves did and Manchester United did multiple times that season and the year before, which is just be competent defensively, press them, and then move the ball as quickly as you can to the attack. It's extremely simple, but sometimes a simple way to play football is the most effective way to play football. Man, these kids are going to be confused. I've told them to go out and dominate possession. Most told them to sit in, and Bernie's basically said defend. Well, if we put it all together, you got the perfect team. That's what we want these kids to be. <laughs> um, yeah, they will be absolutely fine. They're in very, very good hands. Um, and we. But you know, uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm going to be thinking about this question for a while because it's a good question. It's a very good question. Yeah. yeah, if we if we come up with uh, actual specifics or further specifics, yeah. we will we'll definitely pass them on. Uh, so thank you for that question, and uh, thank you everyone for going with us for a minute and ten minutes. An hour. Alex, it's an hour. I know. I'm just getting a rise out of you. It's an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> Alex cannot read the digital clock. It's, uh, it's ten it's ten p.m. He's tired. It is. It is true. This is probably the latest we've ever potted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do we need a code? Um, the uh, night owl. Uh, <laughs> sure. The night owl. Night, it works. Night owl. Yeah. Let's do that. Can we? Can we get an image? Tweet us a picture of an owl. There we go. Just Roy, Roy Hudson. Roy Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right. An owl or Roy Hudson. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you next Peace. week. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Yeah.